A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs or Major League Baseball for this matter, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the 2016 World Series champion Cubs. This is Ken, also known as Rice Cube on Twitter. Uh, with me today is special guest Harry Pavlis of Baseball Prospectus. How are you doing tonight, Perry? Good, Ken. How are you doing? I'm okay. It's been uh, almost four, five years since we last spoke. Uh, last time I we talked say about... it has to be at least that long because I, like, my Skype log, like, it was back to like 2018. And, yeah, and in and fact, it's been longer than that. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and in fact, I should probably figure out like a alternative Skype because I think they're going to sunset this, and at some point I need to figure this out. But at, you know, they keep updating this thing, so I think we're going to be okay for a while. Yeah, just but, ride uh, it out for as long as you can. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, we have some bad news in the world of Major League Baseball, and we're not going to dwell on that. We're going to assume that everything's going to be all right in the end. And we're actually going to talk about rules changes and other things instead. What do you think of that, Harry? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. That sounds better than, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good idea. So we'll just do a quick message and say that we are strongly in support of the players union. And uh, we hope that they get a fair deal because ultimately whatever deal they get is going to get them screwed. And we just want them to be screwed as little as possible. Okay, so uh, my point of view is at some point we want to see baseball again. We want to see the game that we love, but... The game that we love, unfortunately, has gotten a little stagnant because it's gotten a little three true outcomes. So I'm trying to think of ways to kind of inject a little more excitement back into the game because home runs are cool. Strikeouts are cool. And we want guys to get on base, but we also like liners in the gap. We want more contact. We want guys on base so that they can run wild all over the place. We want to see the athletic plays that you know, we know these guys are capable of as long as the ball is hit within the yeah. field of play. So, field play. yeah, so I just had a series of questions for you, Harry, whom I believe is one of the experts in pitching. Uh, pitching Ninja already kind of did this from your outsider's perspective. What do you think of the various rules experiments that have been done in the independent leagues and in minor league baseball, such as? like automatic balls and strikes, the pitch clocks, and so forth? Well, I think there's uh, a mix of good and bad. And so I think one of the things that's been tried has been, you know, as you mentioned, the pitch clock to improve the pace of play, which is definitely a problem. I mean, having watched baseball for 
over 40 years now. Um, there's definitely, and you can go back on YouTube and look, it's, it's slower. The batters take a long time to get into the box. Uh, that's the biggest like aesthetic change to me in baseball. So having a pitch clock, I think, is a really helpful thing, assuming it's based on enforcing the batter or going, getting in, you know, into play quickly. I don't think it's, it's going to be that big of a change for most pitchers, but it's all about getting the batter into the box. Yeah, I believe that's fair. There. That's absolutely fair. And, and what's kind of been cool watching college baseball this spring has been – the uh, increased usage of uh, communication devices, either from the dugout to the pitcher to the catcher, whether it's a, a signal on a, on a wristband or actual earpiece and a microphone or a beep or something. Uh, it's so much faster when you're watching a game where they're doing that, where there's no catcher to pitcher sign. So as soon as the batter gets in the box, they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. There's no uh, giving a sign Waiting, you know, waiting for the batter to be not looking, you know, and then give the sign, or if it takes too long, you, the batter backs out, and you start the whole process over again. That all goes away when the sign, that the pitch is de determined between pitches, when the batter is, you know, doing their normal thing. So the pitch clock is good, but it's going to come down to, 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 I think, to meet the goal of, in baseball of that is going to be about, A, enforcing batters, and B, looking at what they're doing in college baseball with the communication devices, because I think that will be a uh, that sounds a, good a, game, a speed up, and we get rid of that all the sign stealing, you know, mm -hmm. stuff that's been driving people crazy. I think they use this in the California League this year. Oh, really? To some extent, okay. and uh, or the the league formerly known as the California League, uh, and I think uh, you know there hasn't been too much reporting yet on the results, but you know. So the electronic pitch calling, I actually have a follow-up question later on, but uh, I know that you and I, the last time we spoke, we actually talked about automatic balls and strikes in the form of a robot umpire or <laughs> yeah. a track man system, and you weren't mm -hmm. too keen on that back then. Well, what was really bad was at home plate, it was completely blowing it by six inches, by a foot. Wow. But it's been four or five years. Technology has improved. Do you feel that it's improved to the point where we can better rely on it? Or do you still think there's enough of a margin of error that it would basically piss off a lot of people? Oh, I think it's basically, I think back then I probably said it should be probably about this long, right? You know, yes. maybe, depending on how, uh, maybe even less, maybe, maybe more, depending on how much they invested in going after it and working on it. And uh -huh. they certainly have invested going after it, uh, and they're expanding it into uh, 10 or 11 AAA parks this year. So in four weeks' time, we'll be seeing the Hawkeye umpire in, you know, a third of AAA baseball, mm -hmm. which is, I think, interesting because both uh, it shows that they're, they're in, you know, testing it with people who are close to major leagues. I think it's a bit of an issue because, you know, you're going to have to still have to frame pitches if you're, if you're the third or fourth catcher on that roster. You know what I mean? So if you're, if you're, if you're part of the mix and you're called up and you're not framing pitches that often. So I imagine there's going to be some, you know, complications 
and some thoughts for teams in terms of managing who pitch catches when and where and what their role might be if they're needed to be called up or if they need extra practice on the side to keep working on their framing to be ready. So I think there's a weird kind of thing. But that said, I mean, they've gone to an optical system. Mm-hmm. It's not redundant in the, in necessarily in the way I would have imagined it, but it is a pretty robust system. And they've done extensive testing about where the strike zone should be. So that whole thing about visiting the rule book, which was the number one thing about like, you can't do this without changing the rules, turned out to be really right. That they've gone to the point where where they determined the ball breaks the plane of the strike zone is not necessarily the front of the plate anymore. They may have moved it back and they've, you know, changed the size and, and location of the zone a few times to get it where they feel like it works, both in terms of the aesthetics and, and pitchers and batters both liking it. So I, I think they've done all like the things they kind of wanted to do. But at the same time, all the younger umpires who had been getting the feedback and training all the way, you know, through minor league, major leagues on with track pitches have learned to really control the strike zone very well. And they're, you know, so it's like we've gotten to the point where the technologies could be becoming less and less needed <laughs> because yeah. we just had a, you know, there's a lot of umpires retiring and all the younger ones are better balls and strike guys. So there's kind of a, uh, an irony to that. Right. So there's, there's still room for, do we really need this stuff? So when the umpire's contract comes up, which I think in a year or two, I think we'll, we'll find out a lot. Yeah, because they the do have this. their own union and they have to negotiate this and make sure that like, may, maybe they'll even get an eye in the sky so that the umpire can like back up the track man or something. I don't know how, how that would work. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I mean, to me, you have to start with what would be a catastrophic failure of a balls and strike calling? Like we did, you know, game seven, the World Series type of situation. So at some point, what you have to have the human backing it up. And if you really work, you know, your way through it, which we probably talked about five years ago, is that you're going to need a person. Yeah. Augmented by technology is probably the best way to do it, not the other way around. Uh, so I, I still kind of feel that way when it comes to Major League Baseball because it is championship, uh, high level thing. So given the quality of the umpires, the ability to start using wireless, you know, the, the becoming norm of having a wire earpiece in people's, uh, you know, on the field. Okay. Yeah. If, give the umpire, give the umpire a cue, but don't make them rely totally on, on the TrackMan or Hawkeye system. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause, uh, I did, uh, see the pitching ninja YouTube video. He talked to, uh, I believe it was the minor league president or something, uh, for about an hour and they seem to have pretty good reviews of the of their automatic balls and strike system in the minors over the past year but uh i i just really respect your point of view because you actually delve in this stuff you you understand this a lot better than i so I, it makes it a little more comfortable knowing that you have some confidence in it but at the same time like I, I do agree we do need the human element. I think all the fundamental issues, like they're working on them or they've encountered them. And it, but it's so they've done the technology thing, but I'm still not totally swayed by the notion that it's not a you still need an umpire who knows how to call a few extra strikes in the eighth inning of a game when it's raining and it's twelve to one. Yeah. Just just putting that out there. And there's a good article about uh an Atlantic League umpire who was like, look, you got to do this. You have to, you have to control the game. Mm-hmm. 
so to me that's fabric of baseball stuff just you know mm-hmm. help the umpire but don't make the computer own it no it's computers aren't smart enough uh, yeah, yeah. I often tell my kids, like that uh, tutor, that you know it's great that you have a calculator, but if you don't enter the numbers the right way, the calculator is not going to help you anyway. So maybe right. it's mm-hmm. it's the same way. Moving on, uh, if we're talking about rules changes, uh, you know, there's a CBA being negotiated uh, to some extent by one side. (laughs) Uh, But I'm thinking of injuries and pitcher performance overall and also how a hitter will respond to this. But what effects do you have? I'm going to rattle off a set of rules. So let's say we reduce the number of pitchers allowed on a 26-man active roster to 12 or 13. If now you only have a 12 to 13 pitcher rotation, you can't stuff like 15 or 16 pitchers on there and have like one pitcher every inning like the Rays did at some point. What do you think that will do to the game now that you can't do like pitching changes or like that kind of thing as often? It would depend on what the rules are with how long people have to stay down in the minors and how many times you call them up and down on an option. Yeah, let's so say about limiting that. Yeah, let's so say we limited it. Probably it, yeah. would be a little bit better because I don't think like the, the the three batter minimum thing really made too big of a difference. So maybe we are at the point where you basically have to manage your staff. You know, a shorter you know a shorter staff might be, but that's a hard thing to ask teams to do. Right. Um, you couldn't really do it this past year because, and I don't really want to think too much about like how much playing time and pitcher usage was meaningful this past year because it was coming off of a very shortened year. Mm-hmm. And the way pitchers are being developed and now is just changing radically. So I don't know if it would work. I don't know if teams would go for it. I don't know if players would go for it. I think I'm not sure players are super interested in like becoming, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to, I want to be a, 200 inning, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think there's probably a lot of pitchers who are like, yeah, I'll go out there and throw an inning and I'm done. Yeah. Gives me a chance to get in the big leagues. It's just a complicated thing. I think overall it suppresses pitcher pay. Mm. So it's like one of those like careful th- things you have to be careful about because it's like if you, if you don't make the pitchers valuable accumulating the time that they do, like as a, you know, back in the days of a four man rotation, you may not, it may not just like, it may not be a zero sum game. You know, you may not, you just may like, you may not just spread itself out amongst all these players. And that's kind of where they are. I think with the CBA, you know, it's like, if, if, not, if pitchers aren't going to, you know, accumulate stats that make them get paid heavily five, six years down the line, pay them more for their early stuff. I mean, so yeah, you could change these rules, but again, they don't have to go with, uh, one, everybody have to be on board with the, all the implications of it. And two, I always worry about like anytime you have any strict rules on like pitcher usage and how long you can do that, that I, I worry about like the impact on like increasing injury risk. Yeah, because now you can't take them out at a certain point. Like you can't yeah, do like it you drag field. a guy yeah. out for like longer when he's obviously tired. There's more of an incentive to do that. And that, that so you got to watch out for those like weird incentives that get created when you restrict usage. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of other things in place and then it might actually be better for baseball, but it's like, but boy, there's a lot of downsides. Yeah. Because, uh, the way I'm thinking about it, I, it's the three times for the order thing with analytics, right? That's why you want to get the pitchers out by the fifth or sixth inning and start going through the carousel of relievers so that they're getting Mm -hmm. a new look each time. That that's part of the reason why I was thinking of the reduction in the number of pitchers because I think that the game needs to be rebalanced towards the hitters. But we did actually there's other ways. Yeah. There probably better ways to do that. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you that there needs to be more action between the walls. <laughs> but we did um, uh, actually talk about the pitch clock, right? So I think the pitch clock actually might do that because it reduces the recovery time between pitches. Do you agree with that? Or do you think Yeah, that's uh, one thing that studies are showing that like I've seen like there's an injury risk associated with that. So there may it may be like but as long as the pitch clock is reasonable, it's not if it's not rushing things, I think that they've set it to a totally reasonable time. I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. So I think a pitch clock would be Twenty seconds. If the goal is to keep the pitcher tired, then it's a bad idea. If it's a keeps the goal to keep the game moving, then it's great. Yeah. Do Do you think twenty seconds, uh, whether a man yeah, is on or not, is reasonable? Mm, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's like pitchers usually get get things going like seventeen seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, have to, you do have to change it for when runners are on. That's the other thing we you know would like to see more base stealing. Yeah. And so there was a rule about. And if you go to robo, if you go to robo umps, yeah, where catchers don't have to position themselves to receive a pitch to keep it in the zone and things like that, they're going to be much better at throwing runners out. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about increasing the size of bases and limiting pickoff throws as well. Do you think that would balance the game back in their favor? Maybe a little. Like yeah. it just, you know, I don't think changing the size of the base will make that big of a difference. Um, the, the issue is it's very easy to figure out if you have a good chance to go to reach or not mm-hmm. because it's just you just time everything. Yeah. You know how fa- you, you, everybody knows what what the runner's time to for, you know is what what the uh, pitcher's time is and what the catcher's pop time is. Yeah. Everybody knows all these things. Absolutely. So it's like it's very hard to say run more. It's like well no, it's, the, the numbers don't add up. So I don't know. And so if you do anything to further give the catcher an advantage by taking you know, taking framing out of their job, then it's even less likely to have runners go because pop times will get better. And you'll have just a continued loss of steals. So I think the way to do it is the limiting of the pickoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's ways to do that where there's still a possibility you could still throw over and get a guy. Right, but you just uh, have to pick you your spot. Cross the limit, I guess. Like this was explained to me, right? Like this is a terrible idea because then then they know they can just go. It's like no, you can still try and throw them out. But if you don't, they get the base. Okay. So they get two freebies, and then the third one Something is basically like yeah. a ball. Like, basically, if yeah, they don't get it, like either you got to get them out or it's a ball. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah. I think that. I where did they do that in the Atlantic League? Uh, I, I honestly it, don't know. Atlantic League was the I one they did that, it there, and and it got. I, I, that was a sixty-one feet six inches experiment. It was in the Atlantic League, I believe, and that didn't. Uh, yeah, that was that inconclusive. Was so that was a waste of time. <laughs> so regardless of whether humans can ultimately throw faster than one hundred and ten miles an hour, 
uh, do you think 60 feet, six inches is like immutable? It should never change. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. They should just leave it alone. And that, that experiment, <laughs> fortunately, showed no benefit. And just it's done. Awesome. It's over. Okay. So thankfully, let's say we don't limit the number of pitchers and we have like, you know, limited pickoff moves and stuff. So one of the rules that I definitely agree with, other than the strict pitch clock, is the universal designated hitter, which whenever they decide to finally talking make a deal is probably going to be implemented this year. So my feeling with that is that because the pitcher no longer has to pit, they can stay in the game longer and therefore they're incentivized to continue to pitch to the sixth, seventh, eighth inning. So do you think the universal designated hitter will allow them to do that in the national league? Uh, now that they don't have to do the other side of the ball, they can save their energy, not having to run the bases, but just focus. Yeah, it's going to do. Yeah, the running the bases thing is it, is like there's a notable. That's assuming they even get on base, but you know. Yeah, but when they do, it's bad news. <laughs> like you don't want your pitcher running the bases if they don't. It, it tends to impact on the following inning, I believe. So uh, it's just you'll have to, Yeah, it will keep pitchers in the game longer. Mm-hmm. It just will. <laughs> and if that um, happens, but the yeah. main thing is it just the you know. Pitchers have never been really particularly good at hitting, and they've gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And even the, the guys who people point at and say, he's a good hitting pitcher, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this, you know, like, and it's, but they hit a home run every once in a while. It's like, that's, it's so noticeable when they hit a home run that tells you that they're awful. And it's, and it's no fun when a game is clicking along and, you know, there's one out and there's a rally and there's runners are moving, and now the pitcher's up. It's like, oh, well. Yeah, I just you know, prefer they not get injured, you know. Yeah, there's no benefit to yeah. it. It's like, just just does it, just do it. Yeah, It'll make my life simpler, too, just <laughs> computationally, not having two sets of rules. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, the uh, yeah, it's it'll be better. I know there's a lot of people disagree and think that the double switch is and then well, you can still double switch wondering yeah. and this strategy wondering if they can maintain the pitcher the pitcher spot or they're gonna have to double switch. I know there are people who like that, but I was I'm like that's not you know it's like sorry to those to those yeah. folks because it's not that none of those things are important enough for the absolute silliness of having two sets of rules in in a game that's played for a single championship. Okay. Um, that, that you just can't do that. It, it's like, no. And you also, it just sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, they're bad. So here's something that, that uh, putting a bad, bad hitter on yeah, this, two times a game. This was suggested by a lot number of people, including myself and Jason Stark. Not that I'm Jason Stark, but what about tying the universal designated hitter to the starting pitcher? As long as the starting pitcher stays in the game, now you're incentivizing him going as long in the game as possible. You increase the amount of opportunities for the third time through the order, and you reduce the crazy number of pitching changes. And you also keep like the vestige of the of the pitcher hitting uh, if you bring in a reliever. What do you think that yeah, would help? That might yeah. work. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, American League Baseball has been fine for 40 years. I think so, it's 50 now. At, 50, yeah, it is yeah. 50. I was going to say it was probably 1970. Not quite 50. Almost 50. after I was born. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Um, but American League Baseball is fine, as is. Yeah. So, if, yeah, I mean, 
to me it's a little convoluted not natural mm-hmm. it seems unnecessary the beauty and the history in this cathedral the sky so blue against the grass so green like time stood still i know you do some very cool and crazy things at baseball prospectus because you're you're into like the basically the research of pitching so when they finally cracked down on foreign substances, the sticky stuff from like uh, the past couple of years and everybody suddenly mm-hmm. had to like just not use it. So my question really is which pitches, which pitch types were most and least affected by this crackdown and how much of that can be compensated for by that sweat slash rosin mixture that a lot of pitchers use? Yeah, it's the uh, the second part's a little harder to answer mm-hmm. because they got better at it. Like people were, were getting their spin rates back up okay. again after the initial drop. Like you could see it in the data where mm-hmm. you know, which pitchers were doing it more than others had like massive, ridiculous drop offs in spin rate. It's like oh geez, but they a lot of guys started getting it back. And there's Rob Arthur published about this. Mm-hmm. There's you know, it's coming back. They're figuring out you know the spin rates were increasing. It's not hidden. It's just it's there. Um, the, the increasing your spin rate is going to be most beneficial on pitches that benefit from having a higher spin yeah. rate. <laughs> so, so the off-speed stuff. So. Trying to throw yeah. a fastball, a forcing fastball high in uh-huh. the zone that really takes off with like that you know rise effect, not literally rise, but effect. Um, that that's an important place for it. So that's why those guys really like to you know spin the ball high and then also rip off a, a big curveball. Mm-hmm. It helps there um, if you can learn how to handle the grip, you know, changes. But you, by increasing your spin rate and your curveball or your slider and your fastball, you're you're going to get a benefit not only on the individual pitches but in how they interact off each other. So for those those types of pitches, that's where the most benefit is. For, for sinkers and changeups, it probably guys were not probably loading up for those. Would be my guess. Because uh, those are generally pitches for, with exceptions, um, but generally those are pitches where you're looking to have low spin, mm. effectively. A sinker is, is not trying to lift, so you don't want to spin it too much. And if you do spin it, you want to spin it a very particular way, or having a seam going a particular way to get that seam sifted wake. Uh, that's a hard word to say. Um, but the, yeah, so really it's most beneficial to anyone who was really trying to like work those exploding fastballs, hard-breaking balls. Um, it wasn't going to be something that was going to help the sink-it, change-it guys. So, but you, again, I mean, you know, pitchers would use it on different pitches. They may only use it on two strikes. So I think what was happening is you'd have, you'd have pitchers, like, load up on, on like, a two-strike slider. Oh. And, 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 or, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a O2, on a O2 fastball, they blowed up and eventually it just got to the point where they were loading up a lot on every pitch. It got ridiculous. It got, it got to the point where it wasn't like something they just kind of had mixed in the bag there. It was just like, they're just throwing this stuff. Like every single time they're grabbing the ball, they've got a, they've got, they've got spider tack on their, on their hand. And it's, you could see who those guys were. Mm-hmm. And, and Anybody with like this uh, ridiculous. Some of yeah. them were just like ridiculous to the point where that is cheating. <laughs> it's literally like at the point if you're putting like the massive amounts of extra spin on the ball, some of these guys were getting like that's cheating. Yeah. Like it's no longer <clears throat> getting your grip, no longer 
It's like if you're doing that on every single pitch, you're no longer it's no longer reflection of yeah. your actual abilities. This is this is reflection of a agreed that is you know a thing that's not supposed to be done. If it's cold and raw out and you can't feel the ball, there's you should be able to do something. Yeah. But for some of these guys were you know the dead of summer. I, I could, you could probably guess based on looking at data who were the guys who were getting the cover, you know, pieces of the seams stuck to their hands, yeah, things yeah. like that, because yeah. they were like, like, and then when the rule change was, it's like, oh, suddenly they went from a 2800 RPM slider to a conventional 2100, and it's normal, just regular stuff. Yeah. They're no good. And it was really kind of, you know, there are some pitchers who bothered me yeah. because, you know, that way. Like, uh, still, technically, you're not allowed to do, like, what the guy in the major league did where he rubs, like, peppers in his nose or puts Vaseline all over. You definitely can't do that. But uh, what what can – I think what they need to do is get that tacky ball from oh, okay. like, where they had in the Olympics and things like that. Where it's Japan like, just, does it, right? Just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the ball is, like, pre-tacked. Mm-hmm. So, and the pitcher's like, I don't need anything. Yeah. I'm good. That if they're doing it out of like, so then you and then you can really easily police mm-hmm. it. Like they have to agree upon these things and the balls, the whole way they manage the ball, construct the ball, and that's a whole boy. That's a whole other can of worms. Love affair with us is quite a romance, but until now the story stayed the same. But you change the script so we celebrate together. So we know that the K rate really skyrocketed and now. A lot of players just admit that, you know, with the way the pitching is going, uh, with all those pitching ninja videos, especially the overlays between a fastball and an off-speed pitch, like there's no way a guy really can, like, not sell out because they're just trying to connect and hope it goes a long way. And that's why it's so 3 yeah. true outcomes. So what can – it's the, yeah, that's a good point because that's like – I'm glad you put it that way because a lot of the change is not just the way pitchers are, but it's like the way yeah. hitters are. It's like it's socially acceptable to strike out. Yeah. You don't have a, you know, there are definitely still people who gripe about high strikeout batters, but the reality is the situation is nobody cares. Yeah. And and like you said, it's like, look, I'm I'm not I'm going to swing hard just in case I just in case I connect, which is how pitchers because pitching connect. pitchers have such an advantage now, so hitters basically have to sell out. But what what can, what else yeah, can they so do to make if, up? Not, yeah. but the thing is, it's like, do pitchers really have that big of an advantage? Like, like I I get pitchers have definitely like gotten nastier, and there's more like 95 mile an hour like sliders <laughs> and things like that. You know that, that there's um there's insane stuff out there. I get that, but the notion that hitters aren't also better and better trained and better it's behind, but it's catching up. Um, but hitters are also a lot stronger, bigger and stronger than they used to be. You know, it's just, it's, I, I'm not sure it's completely, so yet there's a bunch of things that have to happen to like make the ball. I'll put it this way. I've come around to the notion that the ball needs to be put in yes. play more. Uh, I don't think the infield shift stuff is, it's like, no, you're, that, that's totally looking at the wrong, wrong place. That's not going to do it. So what, what I think needs to happen, and this is based on like, you want to reduce the number of home runs. You you know, you just kind of want to make it harder to hit a home run to incentivize some of those other hitting styles of trying to hit, you know, balls gap to gap, things like that. So you can, 
you know, look at, you know, raising the walls. I think Chris Stiles said, just simply raise the wall this much and you'll get a change. Um, it's like, okay, that will reduce it, but will hitters adapt? I don't know. Uh, so you can ra raise the walls a bit, maybe deaden the ball or make the ball not deader just so that maybe just has, you know, it's still lively, but has higher drag. So you can still hit really hard ground balls, line drives, but it's just going to like hang up on long flies. Maybe somebody can kind of engineer the ball that way. Um, then there's the, you, know, you manipulate the size of the strike zone to kind of, you know, if you make the strike zone bigger, hitters will have to go after, you know, less attractive pitches and they're less likely to square it up. So they don't have to worry how to hit balls the other way, uh, and so forth. And, and in the process of doing that type of thing, you do start defeating the shift because if hitters start having to move the ball around, you know, you start, you start, um, optimizing the game for a different style of hitter, like a Joey Gallo guy is now yeah. in trouble, but you know, yeah. such is life. But in, um, increasing the strike zone seems to be an advantage to the pitchers as well. Then, So it yeah. depends on how, it, yeah, uh, it's exactly like you have, the, exactly. So you have a problem with that. But you <laughs> so are telling the hitters the to try to hit better, like, like, or hit more, diversify their portfolio, so to speak. I, uh, so I think it's like dead in the ball is the answer yeah, be, yeah i think and they probably should make the ball more consistent so that you don't have like a speed ball versus a cue ball in the same game well that's yeah. for sure yeah yeah the ball consistency has always been a feature of the rules of, and manufacturing process in, in major league baseball it's like a very wide range of what's acceptable so it's hard, you know, they, they can, you can change the ball and be like, yep, still within standard parameters, but it's a really, the standard parameters are really wide. So baseball would A, have to like narrow that down and B, look at what makes the, what gives you, still gives you hits, <laughs> but takes away that like, just lift it and launch it type of game. Because part of that, you know, part of that's right. math, but also it's just, you know, it is a style of hitting where you just try and pull the ball in the air because you get it, you'll get a yeah, home run. <laughs> but that's, the game gets boring. It yeah. does. It, I, I do realize now that it's gotten to the point where there's not enough. In, so when I watch non-major league baseball, yeah. it's it's more fun. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I, I watch winter ball, college ball. It, it's there's less home run hitting and there's more action on the field and it's there's more uncertainty when the ball is when the pitch comes out of the, bat, the pitcher's hand it's not either a strike or a home run it's like what balls the ball struck and a lot of things yeah. can happen and the beauty of the defense of this game is is yeah. huge part of the aesthetics of it is watching infield defense and it there's definitely a uh uh, definitely lacking that in major league baseball yeah. these days. So how how do you fix that? It's probably dead in the ball. I think yeah. we definitely want to see more defense and more guys running wild on the bases. I, I think I missed that quite a bit. And I think, yeah, I think so. Maybe the pick, I wasn't into the whole pickoff thing so much until I kind of talked myself into yeah. it tonight. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because because I've been like you know they don't nobody runs yeah. anymore. Yeah, bring more action onto the field would probably be you know something get do that you know change the pickoff rule and deaden the ball and you know we'll see. You definitely but will. Yeah. It's because right now it's gotten a little. You're right. It's stagnant. Like you said, the open. It's not quite. 
the dynamic game that it can be. And definitely watching non-Major League Baseball is a good way to be reminded yeah. of that. And uh, I, I'm sure Theo Epstein, whenever they let him, will try to implement certain rules that will liven up the game again. Because, you know, guys running wild, balls in the gap, everybody like running around with their, <laughs> their heads cut off, you know. That, yeah, I think that, that's what that's he wants to, to see again. That's what yeah. drew me to and the game in the first place, like, you know. I'd like home runs, but yeah, yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, you don't realize that until it's kind of changed. And if, you, if you'd asked me three years ago, I would have said, "No, it's <laughs> fine. It's great. The batter pitcher stuff is really exciting and dynamic." But it's like, yeah, it's like, what's the most what's what the most athletic thing in, in a uh, big league game is a really well turned yeah. double play. Um, yeah. So why not have more of that? I like the fact that we've taken out like the contact plays, like the hitting, you know, sliding into the you know, takeout slide. That's not necessary anymore. So let's go yeah. ahead and play. Yeah. See the talent. Let's see Lindor and, and guys like that yeah. dance. Not, not that I hate <laughs> pitching because, like, those pitching ninja videos are absolutely awesome. I love seeing strikeouts. I just don't want to see them all the time. That's that's the problem, <laughs> you know. So hopefully something does change. Yeah, I just – that's – boy, that's going to be um, – yeah, I think if you start changing the right mm-hmm. things, change some of the incentives for the batters, yeah. But you're right. Pitchers are yeah. just nasty. I've taken up plenty of your time, Harry, and I really appreciate that you you hung out with me again after all these years. I, I, oh, it's good to I, catch I am up. hopeful that the next time we talk will not be in five years. Uh, it's, yes. it's kind of up in the air whether we'll still be alive in five years because of various <laughs> geopolitical issues, but uh, yeah. The earth may have been melted by the next time we talk. Yeah, maybe. but uh, yeah, I, I would <laughs> really enjoy, you know, like hopefully we can still afford to go to a game at Wrigley and I'll buy you a beer or something in the next couple That'd of years, maybe even this summer. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we've been Twitter buddies for whatever reason for a very long time, and I really appreciate you. Very long time. Uh, you can absolutely find us on line uh our blog is no longer at worldseriesdreaming.com because we don't didn't want to pay this server fee and i don't blog enough so you can find us at chicago now and i'll put that link in the show notes uh harry we can find you on twitter yes yes harry pav h-a-r-y-p-a-v awesome and uh harry's an awesome follow cool guy uh i'd like to say we are at WS Dreaming underscore Cubs as the official World Series Dreaming Twitter. We are also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm at Cubic Snarconia on Twitter. And I want to thank Rich Deanna for our theme song and Randall Sanders for picking out the final out call toward 2016 from Pat Hughes. You can rate and share us on Apple Podcasts and our email is worldseriesdreaming at gmail.com. Thank you again, Harry, and uh, have a lovely night. Thanks, Ken. Take care. You too, man. More than just a game. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up this door. <laughs> Come, walk this way. Take a look. We put the baseball name on everything. Merchandising, merchandising. 
where the real money from them baseball is made. Baseball. The t-shirt. Baseball. The coloring book. Baseball. The lunchbox. Baseball. The breakfast cereal. Baseball. The flamethrower. <laughs> that kids love this one.